Hi everyone, thank you so much for joining. Good morning, good evening, namaste, hola, bonjour, and marabban. This is Namya Joshi, your host for the day. Welcome to episode 36 of the podcast, Each One, Teach Ten, An Amazing World of STEM, an inspiring venture where we'll be discussing that STEM is part of every day for every kid. We all will learn together how to build a STEM culture. Well, as you've been seeing, I've been off for a few weeks as I had my exams going on, and I'm happy that I did really well, and I'm finally going to be in grade 10. So now I'm back with my podcast series for you all. So let us have our guest for the day, Ms. Jamie Donnelly. Hey, everyone. How are you, Jamie? I'm good. It's been a busy month. It has been very busy with uh, 31 days of ARVR and ADU but uh, we're almost halfway through the month. That's great. Yeah. So before we start, I would love to give a quick introduction about Jamie to you all. So a former PKT8 math teacher turned technology integration specialist, Jamie Donnelly has spent more than a decade at the classroom and district levels, thinking about how educators can practically use augmented, virtual and mixed realities in her current role as an independent education consultant, she provides professional development on immersive technology to districts and at conferences. And I'm really happy to have you here today, Jamie. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thank you. I'm excited to chat. Thank you. So before we start, I would love to know more about the work that you're doing so that our audience as well can know about that. Sure. Yeah, the I, I think there's a lot of things that I have my hands in right now in education. But um, you know, I was a classroom teacher. I, I was an instructional technologist, and and then went into consulting and working with these different organizations and groups on immersive technology. Um, released my second book last year, and really have just tried to um, try to support the use of immersive technology. What does that look like on the practical side? How do we get more teachers engaged and um, interested in working, moving forward? I also work at Identity Automation in their marketing team, and um, which is why I'm connected with you through the Pathfinder program. So um, really looking at digital identity as a core of where we're moving forward and, and the essential to keep us safe and effective in education. So. Um, there's, you know, there's a lot of things going. I feel like uh, there's a lot of great things happening in education. Of course, the big discussion is metaverse and where we're going with that. And uh, I, I feel like we're really setting our students up for the future. Right. And that's pretty inspiring to know, like when we connected with different projects, that's how we all learn together. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Right. So my first question to you is that, as we all know that the awareness about AR and VR has increased and the creation of augmented reality has evolved a lot over time. And most of the AI experiences in the past 10 years uh, involved uh, using a triggered image to superimpose an object on a video or on, on the top. So could you talk about like certain developments of these um, in the certain eras? Yeah, I think that that's still happening. I think that's still a very powerful way of seeing augmented reality, seeing something layered through that digital um, that digital experience layered on top of a trigger image. But 
Um, I also think that the, the importance of having something um, surface-based, bringing it into your space, being able to walk around it, see it, actually see it, fill your room, um, and it and it feels so realistic in our lives, in our space, um, being able to see things happen in my own office, seeing people floating around as we're meeting in, a, in an augmented reality meeting space or virtual reality meeting space. Um, I think that all of these things are really uh, leaning towards how we communicate, how we connect with everyone else, as well as how information is uh, ha is given through these channels and how we are able to um, retrieve that information in the future. So um, augmented virtual reality, I think, are heading in the direction of filling much more realistic um, and, and better substitutes than we've had in the past. Right, I agree with that. And the thought that you said, like seeing unrealistic things like people floating in the office, just always gives us surprises, you know, like the things that we actually can't see, but when we wear the headsets, like I've experienced that on my own as well in Finland, uh, when I had tried the headsets for the first time, it was like, I'm in a complete new era, like a forest, I could see some tigers and lands around me, which actually in uh, present could be possible because I would get scared and run off. But when I'm actually wearing the headsets, I can experience that because I know nothing's going to happen with me. But still, when we're actually learning through AR and VR as well, it helps us to understand the concept better because, again, be it a gaming tool or be it AR and VR, everything is visual, which attracts students a lot. And that's exactly what I agree with that is happening in today's era. And we still have to keep on going on with it. Yeah, and I think that even more important than just experiencing or capturing their attention is giving students a chance to learn something that would be impossible without, like right. you said, seeing a tiger in the forest. What would you normally do in that situation? You would take off and that tiger probably would follow you. Um, but, you know, when you think about be being there in augmented or virtual reality, um, which both are possible right now, um, it really does give you a... a a safer experience, of course, but then also reassuring that you actually can focus and um, and look at things instead of being afraid of being in that situation, like being at a volcano. There's no way any of us can actually be at a volcano, but when you go to a volcano through these immersive technologies, it helps you grasp the concept further. I had a student or uh, somebody in my family, extended family, um, he, he's not able to walk. He's in a wheelchair. He can't use his hands. So he uses his feet for everything. His cell phone, he uses with his feet. Um, if he wants to hold a remote, he uses his feet. Everything's done with his feet. He's actually used a bow and arrow with his feet. So um, he's perfected the art of using his feet as his hands, which is amazing. And when he was offered an opportunity to do VR with me, um, I put him in the Oculus Go, which is actually behind me. Um, but the Oculus Go gives you a chance to, to go in and, and not be restrained by two remotes. Um, but it is a single remote. It's less immersive. Um, you're certainly not getting up and walking around. Uh, it's the three degrees of freedom, which is essentially just sitting here in your space and looking around. Um, but... Um, I was able to put him in that because that was what was perfect for his particular situation and what he was able to use. And when I put it in, put him in there, one thing that I always tell people don't do is go into 
roller coasters. What's the first thing you did? Roller coasters. And it usually gets people sick. So I always try to just avoid that one right off the bat. He went to the moon. He went and played tennis. He was sitting there just doing things that he really, obviously none of us have been to the moon. Well, most of us have not been to the moon. Um, but to be able to bring him into these experiences. And I went back and I said, you know, what was the most amazing thing you did? Like, you know, thinking the moon with Neil Armstrong. And he said, actually, it was the roller coasters. And I was like, really? The roller coaster? Why? And he said, I've never been able to ride a roller coaster. And I just thought, what a powerful moment for me to see that this technology is beyond just what what's easy, what captures their attention, what's something that's super cool, and you know, but really giving them opportunities that they've never had before. Um, and that looks so different per person. So I just love that this technology really offers that personalized experience, but very targeted towards what that individual needs. Right. Just like everybody can use it, not just certain kind of people, but everybody. And that's how it's being inclusive for all. That's right. Absolutely. Right. So can you tell us some easy, cost-effective AR, VR for teachers so that they can use that in the classroom? Yeah, that one's always a hard question. I probably should have warned you on that one. Um, there's... Um, it's really interesting because it's very hard to give a blanket. This is the tool. This is something everybody should use because every tool really offers different unique um, features and benefits that are necessary for various classrooms and, and needs. So when I am usually starting off, I'm not saying, hey, just jump into this. I'm saying, let's talk about what is going on in your classroom? Where are your students deficient? Where are we struggling with concepts? What resources do you have available to you today? Um, and then going from there, let's figure out how to meet those needs where there's gaps. And then let's figure out where that tool that you currently have can be leveraged and maximized. Or is it something you should look forward to as far as um, a future purchase? And so those conversations that we're having, I think are just necessary for us to move forward, but it really does take those kinds of conversations. It takes that thought, it takes the planning, it takes pre preparing for what is gonna be effective because just throwing a tool in there and saying this, this really is a general, I'll say Cospaces is a pretty general tool that goes across many different subjects, a lot of different devices. Um, and it is a really cool tool but it may not be what your students need to fill that gap. So mm -hmm. um, even though it might be a good tool universally, it does not mean that it's the right tool for your students and their situations. So um, I think really coming down and thinking about that, thoroughly thinking about that, feel free to reach out. If there's questions about that, to say, you know, I would like to learn more. This is where we're trying to close this gap. What are some resources you can recommend? And I feel like that's always a better starting point. Another thing to consider when you're wanting to bring in some new tools is getting all of your departments on board. Where a lot of people make mistakes, if they finally get to the point where they're ready to use the tools, they are not communicating with IT. They're not communicating with the curriculum team. They're not communicating with other teachers um, or their principal. And so they're jump starting in because they're excited and I love the enthusiasm, but it ends up creating so many more stumbling blocks that they run into and not having all of those departments to communicate effectively. Um, that really prevents your students from using 
those tools in the right way and um, benefiting them. So I think that there's a lot of, uh, that's a loaded question we'd say, uh, because there's, it's a big answer. I feel like there is not one answer for every person. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of different tools out there that can be used in various situations and really narrowing down those tools to align with your goals. Right. I agree with that. I believe that exploration is very important. Like you said, it's not like always a way to jump on the conclusion in one uh, direction. It's always important to go step by step. And I always believe that the students' engagement rises when the teachers create the AR experiences to demonstrate their knowledge of any concept. Mm -hmm. And when the students are using them in the classroom, uh, they want to immerse themselves into like different kind of things and never like stop studying or exploring and that's what you said like exploration is very important and they they get more willing to explore the lesson and then suddenly they always also start helping the teacher that they can also help to develop more uh topics using number of applications and i wanted to share like a few tools that i really love uh for this are like merge cube um, 3D Bear, All Space VR. So, like, these have always been able to help me when I want to create some AR VR uh, application tools. And they, and one of them like, that really incites me is the uh, 3D Bear because, like you were saying, um, we can see people floating. Uh, like, like that's how we can actually put the things in front of us and see dinosaurs walking towards us. So it uh, basically uh, incites us a lot. Yeah, for sure. And there's so many tools out there. They can do such great things and all of them kind of bring different levels of engagement. And it really, you know, a lot boils down to the limitations you have inside of your district. The tool that I was referencing was called Spatial XR. Um, and what it does is it allows you to get together in these virtual spaces like you and I right now, right? Um, we're in StreamYard. However, if we got together inside of this other space, we would be avatars that actually look like us. Um, they're 3D objects, so you can walk around each other. You can see expressions aligned with the face and the mouth, and you can see the direction of which somebody's looking, and it's mm -hmm. that avatar is reflecting what you are doing in person, right? But then um, you have the option of being able to interact with presentations like we do here, and then you can bring in 3D objects. I can literally take my app on my phone with Spatial XR. I can scan my desk. And then it would show up in our virtual reality space. Like I can bring my world into our VR meeting space. And then, mm -hmm. look, oh my gosh, what's really cool is that you could take that concept and actually switch to AR mode. And you then would be floating around, walking around in my office. And then you're looking at the 3D objects that I've scanned in and you're scanning in your own 3D objects into our space. And the possibilities are just unbelievable. You can pull from a library, 3D content library um, that easily gets concepts you can work on together. You can build things together. Um, and I feel like we're just at the infancy because the way we're moving towards immersive technology, um, these spaces are only be going to become more and more realistic for us and simpler to use. And therefore, more adoption. So I'm really excited to see how immersive technology is impacting learning, but really how we're connecting even right now. It's going to look different in five years. Five years, you're going to not be in a college campus looking at a screen like this. You know, let's hope.
let's hope that you're in a much more realistic, immersive experience where you feel much more connected to the people alongside you. Right. So I wanted to ask you this question that how can we use AR and VR to support experiential STEM collaborative learning? Because STEM is like the talk of the day and everybody around the world is using STEM. So if we can learn how we can uh, collaborate these two things together, so the students, uh, teachers who are using STEM can also now come forward using AR and VR. Yeah, um, I feel like like you brought up the Merge Cube. I think they're a great example of using some of the tools that that align with a lot of different things. You have um, a, this this cube become alive and turn into a many different experiences, um, but the cube remains the same. It's something you're physically holding in your hand. So if you're going to bring in a topic like um, terraforming Earth, you're going into the inside parts of the earth. You're seeing these layers, um, but you're holding it in your hand. And as you're separating it, it's spreading apart in your hand. Um, then you hold a, a human in your hand. Um, and this human breaks up by different body parts, uh, you know, uh, body systems. And then you can see in those body systems, you see changing from age five to age 25 and how that person grows high and then grows out, right? So you have this change in, in the growth and development of a human. Um, you're seeing all of these things literally in the palm of your hand. And there is something different about how we retain that information because it's something we're holding physically, um, but also seeing this experience happen in our hand that is um, this augmented experience. Again, all of those things are just making it making it relevant, making it um, retained, and making it uh, really, uh, I, I would say, really making it something worthwhile to use. It, the point of using this isn't for the, just the fun. It's really for our students to fill those gaps. So being able to connect to concepts deeper. So I love the Merge Cube. They do a lot of science content, um, K right. through eight. Um, they do um, even history. They have an object viewer app. So you see a lot of the historical artifacts coming into play. Um, different places you can go and experience and see um, museum artifacts that are literally just sitting there for you. You also have um, the relevance with the world and, and, and the globe and how it relates to us and what's happening. You have um, mathematical concepts. You have light and showing reflection and and rotation of things, um, angles, all of those pieces all coming into play. Um, but it really is kind of building the foundation of our, our students that need to be those future engineers, um, those future mathematicians, uh, the future technologists, right? So um, the future scientists. So all of those pieces of kind of building their enthusiasm, interest, um, the energy, what they're learning then overflows into their life and where they're going in their future careers. So I think Merge does such a great job at building the foundation of that. Right. And just as you said, it reminded me of one of our experience at this school. So we had this uh, Satan Innovation Fest 
and uh, we were supposed to um, show some uh, showcases of ours, like Minecraft, and one of them was Merge Cube. So I was given the responsibility of showing uh, showing Merge Cube. So we had made certain things like the Harry Potter world in the Merge Cube itself in about Minecraft, and we had the chemistry like the formulas of CH4, ammonia, many other. And I think one of uh, we also saw uh, the heart structure of the heart and the merge cube. So it, it's a surreal feeling like you have your the heart in your hand. So it's just unrealistic. And that's what like I love about merge cube that is able to provide um that is changing the way people interact with technology. It's not just you sitting and typing on the word document, but you're literally seeing that in your hand. And I believe that uh Tools like Merge Cube can also help for the higher education because people uh, they're trying to just go for the middle school, but I'm seeing now they're taking it to higher classes as well because that's where we want more uh, engagement so that students can have no stress but learn uh, in an enjoying way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's those are really good points, Namya. I love that you got to share out the Merge Cube. I think that's really cool. Um, and to be able to build your own concepts and visualize that in your hand. I mean, it's it's pretty mind-blowing when people get a chance to see it. It's come a long way, and I think it's going even further in the future. So I think it's it's a great journey to be on for sure, and Merge has done a great job. Right. So I have this question for you that, which is your favorite song, if you would like to share that with us? Oh, my gosh. I didn't read this question. Um, my favorite song, I was just, I had this song in my head today, um, called Weary Traveler. I couldn't tell you who's the, uh, who sings that song. Um, but it, it's a song about somebody that's going through kind of a long road and, um, just to hang on and the road is going to be completed one day and this travel, this weary travel is, is something worth fighting for and continuing to move forward in. And I guess I feel I keep hearing this song because I'm so tired. I've been just going all month um, with this event that I'm doing and, and just to keep going forward and that it will be worth it, the time and energy being put into it. So um, yeah, I, I couldn't, uh, it's a not somewhat new song, but it's been running through my head for the past week. And I just haven't been able to get it out. And I was singing it this morning. So I'll go with that one. Right. It sounds cool. I'm going to listen to it as soon as the live streams gets over. Awesome. Very cool, Namya. Right. So uh, my next question to you is that you have a digital identity platform for educators, Pathfinder. So can how can the teachers be benefited from this uh, program of yours? Yeah, that's an awesome question. So uh, the, you know, identity automation is something that is setting the uh, place for education to go that is going to be effective and safe and um, necessary for us to move forward. Um, I, you know, talking about metaverse, let's just start there. Um, looking at what is essential for us to have and our digital identities are the core of where we're going. So when you talk about blockchain, that's connected to your digital identity. Um, when you talk about Bitcoin, that's connected to your digital identity. The things that you're doing in this meta space, this is something that is going to be connected to your digital identity. And when we talk about an education, all the, you know, even the student, the child I was talking to you about earlier, my extended family, that that child is not just a number. 
that child has needs and specific needs that he needs to have to reach his goals and his learning goals. So um, in those things, understanding that individual requires us to be able to communicate effectively. I don't want to hear about my child or my student in my classroom that um, has dyslexia six months into the school year. I don't want to hear that they um, have sleep narcolepsy um, three months into the school year. And I have, I have, you know, that, that time, that gap of time that I did not know about that child. And, and really the automated process that we've got to get better on really comes from everything being connected. And that essentially is the digital identity platform for education, which is what identity automation offers. So not just being able to connect, but being able to connect in a safe way. And unfortunately, us being connected often means, you know, we get hacked once, we get hacked everywhere. Um, and that's that's the unfortunate situation many of our schools are facing right now in this, in this time. Um, but, you know, identity automation makes it something that is safe for them to be able to connect in. And um, again, all of it being connected, all of it being in one place for us to manage is the only possible way for us to move forward. Because all the manual processes, all the handwritten notes, all the sheets of paper that need to arrive somewhere, you know, this is something that is not working for where we need to go in the future. So be able to work at identity automation and connect with people like you, my Pathfinders, Namia, um, is just such an honor because I feel like everyone has their interest and, and ideas that they're bringing to the table and all of it's relevant when it comes to your digital identity. All of us need to be aware what our digital identity is and where we're going in order to maximize how we connect in our educational and ecosystems. Right, I cannot agree more because as you said, everything is connected with digital identity. And um, I learned something new that we just don't need to connect. We need to connect safely. And uh, that's exactly what even digital citizenship talks about, how we have to be not just aware online, but being responsible, being inclusive, being informed. And then that's how we are becoming pathfinders and impact at the same time. Absolutely. I love it, Namia. Spot on. Thank you. So if I have your permission, Jamie, can we show a few comments or if we have some questions coming in for you? Sure, absolutely. Okay, thank you. So we have Mr. Deepak Pange joining us. Thank you so much for joining, sir. Hello. We have Miss Amanda here. Thank you so much for joining. <laughs> That's so cool. We also have Miss Monica Joshi. Thank you so much for joining. Awesome. We have Miss Julie Bennett joining, uh, joining us from Ottawa, uh, Ottawa in Canada. Awesome. And we have Ms. Sapna Ayer joining us. Thank you so much for joining. Oh, that's so cool. I also have one of, one of my teacher at school, Ms. Rashi Su joining us. Thank you so much for joining. Oh, that's great. I love that. Thank you. And here's one of my friend, Riyadh. He also has his own uh, platform, The Clippers. So thank you so much for joining. <laughs> Here's one of my friends at school. Thank you so much for joining. <laughs> right. So we have one question by Ms. Amanda that how do you overcome or help users with motion sickness? Mm -hmm. That's such an awesome question, Amanda. Um, I would say that when it comes to motion sickness, I, 
I tend to push away from jumping into VR headsets right now. I like to use the tools that we already have and we're already using in the classroom. It could be a mobile device, so a cell phone, a tablet, our computers, our Chromebooks. Um, the more that we use of those tools that we're already on, the less of a learning curve. But I think having a VR headset today is really tricky. Um, I love what it offers, but it also creates a lot of problems in implementing it into schools. So um, I typically don't deal with motion sickness for that reason, because I'm not really um, saying everybody needs to be in a VR headset. But I will say that if you are using a VR headset, mm -hmm. that the higher end VR headsets make you much less ill, um, that actually getting up and moving around and it connecting to your real physical movements uh, really decreases the chance of that motion sickness. It comes down to, you know, just pointing your finger and moving to different places. That does create some problems with people feeling very sick. Um, some people need to be sitting down when they're experiencing this, but your motion and your movement, try to sit in kind of a swivel chair. So you're really looking around instead of just pointing somewhere and turning. Um, you know, your brain wants to move as quickly as you're actually looking. So if you turn your head and that movement is not aligned with as quickly aligned as your movement with your head, um, that is where you're going to run into motion sickness. So having kind of the low end tech, like maybe using your phone and putting it in like Google Cardboard concept, that's where you're probably going to have more of your issues or some of the lower end VR headsets. Um, because it's not moving as quickly as you are uh, for your brain to keep up with. So that those are some things that I typically try to avoid. And most people, honestly, um, you know, I had somebody get sick when they were watching somebody with a tablet looking around in a 360. They were watching somebody else do it and they got sick. I was like, you got problems. But um, when you're talking about what people can handle, that is so individual and I would ease into it instead of just jumping in and saying, go at it. I would really make sure that where they're, they're in a safe space, that if they do get sick, it's something you can immediately take them out of. And that's something that you would avoid in the future. Um, but really, that communication is, is key for you to be able to know how it works for each individual. Right. There's always a pros and cons for everything. And uh, like, I also tried it and I did feel like a little bit nauseatic at once mm -hmm. at the end, like, because I've been using it for a long time. So yes. it should be used like for a particular time, not the entire day. And I guess I'd been using it for an hour or something and I started feeling a little bit sick. So I took a break and then I use it again. But it obviously, because you're just saying things for a long time and you can't see the outer world. So it does feel like that's what I exactly was feeling that time. But yeah, I understood like we're trying to say and it's really important to use it till the time you can and not just overwork yourself with the AR and VR sets. Namya, you're bringing up such a great point in how much time we're actually in these VR experiences. Um, it could actually be detrimental. It could be really harmful for our brains. Um, there have been times I've put on my headset and it's bright like today and I take it off and it's dark. And I was like, how did that much time pass by? You don't realize how quickly it's going. And I think that's another thing, you know, having something set up where there's, this, you know, five to max 10 minute window that you're working in something and taking breaks and um, going back to the real world, because it does take a while when you take it off. It's like it takes a while for your brain to start thinking, whoa, what's going on? Let me make sense of this again. 
it, it, mm -hmm. there is a bit of a gap before you kind of get back to normal. And I think that could be very dangerous if we're not careful about that time. Really great point. Thank you. And Miss Amanda also asks us that, is it this song that you just mentioned about? Um, Jamie, can you see the name of the song? Weary Traveler by Jordan St. Clair. Let me look. That sounds right. I thought you were playing the music. I apologize. Oh, that's okay. I thought there was some internet issue. Yes, I think that is. Um, yep, that's it. Yes, that's totally it. So that's that's so cool. Thank you for finding that, Amanda. Right. And then we also have Mr. Rajiv Malhan joining us. Thank you so much for joining us. It's really good to see you. We have Ms. Pranjali Vaidya Brahme. Thank you so much for joining. She's saying hello to you. Hello. And then we also have um, one of Madhijarat School, I guess. Uh, we have her. Uh, thank you so much for joining. And who else do we have in here? Yep, I guess that's all we have. And we have another comment by Miss Julie that she loves using ARPR in the class. And she's going to be using the Merge Cube as well. I think that's a fantastic idea. And I will tell you, Julie, that you can do printable Merge Cubes until you're ready to buy them. Um, it's a good entry point to just see if this is something that is going to align for your students without making the purchase. But here in the US, they're about $20. Um, which is very cost effective. People that are like, well, let me just, all we're going to do is printable because we don't have the funds. By the time you print something out and the cost there um, could be, you know, with black ink, you have that plus the time that you're spending putting it together meticulously and, and um, getting it all done, having it for one time to be able to use it and see and, and move forward and potentially buy these. Um, I really think that you know, having it printable is just a day that you want to check it out, but it's possible. So if you wanted to check it out, I would highly recommend doing the printable cube. You can actually find it on my website at arvrnedu.com. Um, and then you can go in and check out if this is something you want to use, but getting these are really quite affordable. The question is the devices. And that's typically where people don't realize, oh, do I have the device to actually work with these Merge Cube? And oftentimes they have their own mobile device, but not necessarily a device for classroom use. So that's a question you'll want to answer if, in fact, it's possible to use them. If you have a tablet, if you have mobile devices, then I would say, yes, that's definitely the right direction. Right. Thank you so much for that. Mm -hmm. So we would love to know that where we can find you online so that people watching this live can connect with you. Sure. Yeah. So if you see my name on here, Jamie Donnelly, um, it's spelled a little different. So if you want to use that as a handle to find me on social media, you can certainly do that. My website is arvrinedu.com. So arvrinedu.com. Um, and then also identity automation, identityautomation.com. If you want to look in further into the digital identity platform and what that means for the future of our classrooms and the effectiveness of that. I would definitely recommend checking that out. And Namia has joined us in the Pathfinder program. Love for you to check that out as well. Uh, lots of great things happening there with some incredible influencers and um, motivators and incredible educators in the space. And I've, I'm so honored 
to be connected to them all. Thank you so much, Jamie. And in the end, before we all sign off, we would love to have a message from you for the audience. Sure. Thank you guys so much for watching. Namia is amazing. And I think having a student share from a student perspective is where we all need to be. So I think it's spot on that you're here listening to her. And I am so thankful to be included, Namia. And, um, and I hope to continue to see your work in the future. And I just can't wait to see how much you grow and how much others grow because of you. So thank you. Thank you so much, Jamie. I really appreciate your time joining us today. And I really learned a lot. And I'm sure everybody watching us live as well did. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. And before we sign off, I would love to end with this quote that augmented reality and virtual reality are the melding of the real world with digital imagery. And what this is unison change? The short answer is everything. <laughs> Very cool. Thank you. Thanks so much, everyone, for joining us and this this episode. I'll see you in the next one. Till then, each one, each 10. Have a nice day.